0: Let's get started, Hebra. This week's... First of all, Bruchim Abayim. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back uh, after Pesach. By the Chassidim, they say, after Pesach, they say, which means a good summer. That's what the Chassidim say. Because after Pesach, it's the spring, they already say a good summer. Everybody have a good summer. But for us, Hashem, we say a good back to learning. That's what we say over here. So This week's Paisha, we have double portion this week. We have Shefa, Shefa Rav. Tazria mitzora, two parshiyot, and the bulk of Tazria and some of Mitzora talk about tzarat, right? The procedure of somebody who develops certain symptoms that turn out to be the tame mark of tzarat, he turns into a mitzora, and he's a certain very high level of tumah. We'll discuss that momentarily. And then you go to Pahashat Mitzorah, and it discusses other forms of Tumah as well. Really, the beginning of Tazriya talks about a woman who gave birth. Farther into Mitzorah talks about men or women have certain omissions, making them Tameh. We're not going to focus on that so much tonight, though. We're going to focus in on the Mitzorah. Let's focus in on this for a little bit. Now, before we even touch any details, it's just important to get an overview of this story. What is the Mitzorah? Who is this person? So the Gemara tells us, the Gemara in Erachin, I believe, tells us that there are a handful of sins, that if a person commits those sins, the punishment HaKadosh Baruch Hu sends him is that he'll develop tzarat. Okay? So tzarat of skin, let's just focus in on that for now, because there's other forms of tzarat, but let's say it's tzarat on skin. <laughs> he'll develop a form of white mark on his body, and there's certain qualifications that are necessary. Mm goes to the Kohen, and he says, Kohen, is this Tameh, or is this Tahor? Specifically Kohen. You can't go to a Talmid Chacham, in general. Specifically Kohen. So the Kohen analyzes, and if it's unclear, so then it's called Yemei Hesker. What does that mean? Quarantine. COVID quarantine? Quarantine. Goes into a room for seven days, and afterwards they look at it again. Now, if it was clearly Tameh, so then he's considered tameh. This person is a uh, malignant. I mean, this is like this is he's really tameh. In such a circumstance, good to have you, Yosef. Wow, this is Just today, came back from Israel. He brings the, the heir of Israel with him. If he's tameh, what ends up happening to this guy? Listen to this. This is worse than every other form of Tumah. Unbelievable. He has to dress himself like a mourner. Right, like somebody that's that's a relative passed away, like a mourner, and he walks around and he calls out, "Tame, tame." What does he say? He says, "I am tame. I am tame." Oh, the doctor's here. Uh,
1: doctor, uh, pick up one the plates
0: for We got you prepared and ready. See you, doc so he goes around and he calls out I am tamei, I am tamei," and people stay away from him and then where does he go to live for the next however long it is till his Tzarat clears up where does he go to live? Chutz la <laughs> totally outside of the camps now what do I mean outside of the camps? you know there's three camps you have Machane Shechina the inner sanctum the most inner camp Mishkan Bet HaMikdash you have outside of that Machanel Via. On the other side of that, the encampment of Israel, the general populace. This guy who's a Mitzvah has to go outside of all three camps. Other forms of Tumah are not allowed to be in the Shekhinah, they're not allowed to be in Leviyah, but could be in Israel. This guy is the worst level of Tumah in the sense, he has to be separated from the entire population. What kind of Tameh is that? Tameh Tzara, if he's Mitzorah. That's what we're talking about. Because
1: he could make other people also. It's more than that. It's not just
0: that. More than that is this fellow, other people, your Tameh Mait, you could also make other people Tameh. There's certain Tumot that you can convey Tumah as well. Other Tumot you can convey Tumah as well. The point is, this fellow has to say, has to go out of the camp. Rashi brings down. Why is it that he has to go all the way out of the camp? So, one of the sins that can make a person have tsarat is lashon hara, and as she says. It's, one of, it's like the primary sin. There's other sins discussed in Erechim, by the way. There's ga'va if he's Wadi, There's robbery. There's swearing falsely, murder, immorality. There's a bunch of sins that can make somebody get uh, avodah zara. Eleven. Thank you, Yosef. However, the primary one that we discuss in the Pasha of Tzarat is Lashon Hara. Says Rashi, through Lashon Hara, gossip, what did this guy accomplish? He, he broke and breached relationships. Right? He went and he said, Lashonara. He said negative speech about one person. They spoke about them and they spoke about them and then they spoke, you know how it works, phone tag and then in the end what ends up happening, her husband hears what he said about her or his friend hears what, and what ends up happening destroys relationships. He separated people. So because he caused separation amongst people through his evil ways, he has to go... Outside of the camp, separated from other people. That's what Rashi says. So this is like considered the most severe, uh, horrible type of tumah. In a certain sense, mayor, come, mayor. This is. I'm gonna share this, mayor.
1: Yeah.
0: You're mayor, okay? Yosef set you up already. Oh, Hashem. Well, wow, Yosef. May Achuz, you're 100 percent. Make room, make room. So, therefore, this type of tuma has to go out of all the camps. He broke relationships. He separated people who love each other. He has to go outside of the camp away from everybody. Fine. Let's just finish the full story so we get the full parashah. Eventually, the tsarat clears up, and the Kohen goes outside of the camps and checks in on him. If he sees that it has cleared up, so then there's an entire procedure how he's able to become tahor and rejoin society. This is really mostly discussed in Pashat Mitzorah. Really in the next Pashat, there's two Pashyod. And in Pashat Mitzorah, the Psukim tell us there's a there's stages First, the Kohen takes two birds and does a process with those two birds. Then he's shaved on the first day, the seventh day. On the eighth day, he brings certain korbanot, three korbanot. And then finally, he's able to rejoin society, go back to his family, reintegrate into the normal people, and then the entire thing is over. Now, there is a fascinating detail, listen to this, that the Psukim tell us. It's Berek Yud Gimel, Pasuk Yud Gimel. Or Pasuk Bet really, it tells us. Talacha is, if he comes to the Kohen and there's a white spot that is the sign of Tzarat, he's Tameh. But listen to this. If he comes to the Kohen and he's entirely covered in white, okay, he's not Tameh, he's Tahor. It's unbelievable. All over his body, He's not tameh; he's tahor. Listen to the pasuk. This is unbelievable. It's mafurash. It's black and white. Pasuk tells us, "V'im paroach tifrah chatzarat ba'or." What does paroach mean? It's spread all over him, blossom. like blossom. or anega meroshova adraglav, and it covers him from head till feet. Lechol a kohen, whatever the kohen can see, he's covered in white. The the kohen sees him kista covers his whole entire flesh, body, vitihar et anaga. And he purifies this type of tsarat. Kulo lavan if he's entirely white, taoru is considered tahor. This is unbelievable. If one small mark on this guy, a grease by the way, it's a small measure, tiny measure on this guy, with one white hair, let's just say, a little skit. He's considered Tameh, he has to go outside of all the camps, call out on Tameh, and can't even associate with anybody. And when his entire body is covered in white, the same thing. But it's multiple, multiple times of that little spot, Talacha is, he's Tahor. Now, the Psukim do say, which gets interesting, if he comes back to the Kohen and part of his skin has cleared up, so now part of it is healthy, so he's not entirely white, now he's Tameh. But what's the shot? This doesn't make any sense. His entire body is white, he's tahor, but a little spot makes him tameh? It's counterintuitive. It seems contradictory. If a small spot makes you tameh, certainly your entire body being white should make you tameh. That's not my question. All the Mephoshim talk about this, and there's many pshatim given. I'm going to share with you tonight a pshat from Rav Hirsh. Rav Shamshon Rafal Hirsch. he says a beautiful pshat in order to resolve this apparent difficulty. But before we get to that answer, let's expand a little bit, give a little bit of a background to support the answer we're going to share tonight. So we're trying to understand why is it that if one spot of tzarat, of white, on his body makes him tame, why is it that the it says mechorash, it says if he's entirely covered in tzarat, in white, he's tahor, he's pure. Let's move on. There is a very important and fundamental principle that we believe in Judaism. You have to believe this in order for the entire system to make sense. Okay, I'm going to share with you, you're all going to say, of course. But then I'm going to show you why it's not so simple, and why some actually, some people don't really believe in this necessarily. What am I talking about? What I'm talking about is the principle of Bechira. What is the principle of Bechira? The concept of Bechira. What is Bechira? What is Bechira? Free choice. Free choice. What do I mean by that? We believe in Judaism, man has free choice. Now another way to say that is, we're not pre-programmed robots. Now why is that so important? Why is that such an am- Okay, let's say we are pre-programmed robots. No, that's, that's a problem. You can't believe that. What's the problem with believing that? Why is that such an issue? Let's say, I believe, I'm a pre-programmed robot. Okay, okay, fine. You, have no you don't have to
1: do anything. You, just, uh, you don't have to su- try to you already do anything. To, to make mistakes or make good things. So everything is a There is no elevation above nature. Essentially,
0: what what that would mean is, I'm not responsible for any of my actions. Because essentially what that would mean is, I'm not choosing... Right. Rationally, I'm not choosing consciously to perform whatever actions I do. I'm programmed that way, and that's what I do. And by the way, some people today actually believe that you are pre-programmed. Everything you're going to do has already been determined, and you have no real capacity to choose what you're doing. Now, what's the fault in that? well, then I'm not liable or responsible for any of my actions. We believe there's a concept of sechar ve'onesh, reward and punishment. If I do the right thing, I get rewarded. If I do averot, the wrong thing, I get punished. But if I'm pre-programmed, then the whole concept, you can't punish somebody for doing something he has no capacity to control. By the way, just as an illustration for that, now, somebody does a terrible crime. So he goes to court, and they're, they're saying, you're, you're responsible. He says, you know, actually, I'm schizophrenic, and when I performed that crime, it was, a, it was a schizophrenic episode. I couldn't control myself. So now what happens if that's actually true? What happens if that's ingenuine? What happens to this fellow? Is he pro- pr- prosecuted? And, well, not just, be, he'll be put in a psych ward. It means they'll deal with his mental health issues, but he's not going to be prosecuted. He's not in control. So if we believe that we're not really in control, we don't have free choice, the entire concept of zaharfa onesh it's, it's 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 not important. It doesn't exist. So in order to believe that my actions actually make a difference, right? They're impactful. I get reward and punishment, we have to really understand there's a concept of bechira, a free choice. Very important yesod in Judaism. It's a basis for many other basic principles in Judaism. Very important. Okay, good. And the Rambam, it's the Rambam in Hilchot Shuvah, The Rambam talks about this, actually. At Shuvah you need Bechira, by the way. I do the wrong thing. I sin. And then I decide at some point in my life, I want to make Shuvah, I want to return to Akadosh Baruch Hu, to the right path. Well, if I don't have Bechira, I can't do Shuvah because I'm just pre-programmed, I'm a robot. The answer is, no, I have Bechira. And I could choose to do the right thing, and I could choose to do the wrong thing. And hopefully we do Teshuvah, we do the right thing, we return, we do sins, unfortunately. Everybody does some sort of avirot, but we do Teshuvah. This Rambam actually at the end of Parakeh in the Shuvah, he talks about the very famous question that all the Meforshim deal with, which is, if we believe that Hashem knows the future, that means Hashem knows if I'm going to do a mitzvah, yeah. or if I'm going to do an Avera. Yeah, so really, this seems to contradict the concept of Bechira. Everybody's heard this, this question before. Yeah, yeah. Many Meforshim talk about it. The Rambam gives his answer in order to resolve this. But it's a fundamental question needs to be addressed. Basically, what the Rambam says is, our yediyah or knowledge, you can't compare that to the knowledge of Hashem. Just as we can't uh, comprehend God, or his essence. No,
1: the fact that he knows nothing to do with me, he knows. But I don't know what... Right,
0: right, right, right. right, right. You're right. But the point is that just as we cannot comprehend the essence of God, we also can't comprehend the yidiya, the understanding of God. And therefore, ultimately, the way we look at it is whatever God knows, God knows. Right now, I'm choosing to come here to shul and to give a class and to eat sushi. Meaning the point is is that I'm making choices. Fine. That's bottom line.
1: I know Jonathan going to go for halalim. I know. Exactly. Maybe smart enough one day. Exactly, no one exactly. One day. That's
0: bechira. Beautiful. Comes the Rambam, and he asks a question on the entire principle. Rambam says, "We just finished talking about Yisyat Mitzrayim, miagadah." So, what do we say over there? <laughs> we said over there, unbelievable thing. This seems to contradict the entire principle. Bechira is so important. Every human has free choice. Hashem will never take away free choice, but wait a second. Who in the story of Yetziat Mitzrayim lost his ability to choose? What happened to Paro?
1: By chazek Hashem Hashem
0: said he was going to harden the heart of Paro. Now what did that mean? So Rashi learns it was by the last five makkot, not the first five, if I remember correctly. But says the Rambam, what does that mean? That means... He did not have the choice to say, I want the Jews to go free. He didn't have the choice to do the right thing. Oh, well, that contradicts the entire principle of Bechira. If Bechira is so important, how could it be that in the story of Paro, Hashem said, I'm going to harden his heart and cause him to refuse to let the Jews go free. And he brings a few more examples, but that's the one that stands out. How do you resolve this? If Bechira is a baseline necessity, every human being has to have free choice, otherwise the whole system doesn't make sense. So how could it be that in that story of Yetziat Mitzrayim, Hashem said, I'm going to harden his heart, and he won't be able to choose ultimately. How do we resolve this apparent contradiction? Do you want to give a stab at it here? Well, it's a go ahead he declined the existence of Hashem okay. and also Hashem gave him the option to he, he was told to, uh, to torch on Israel but he did it to okay. be overpower once he was overpowered okay but still why did he lose the ability to choose if that's so important it's so integral to being human is you have the choice Hashem says why That's the P'sha'a How do we understand this? Yeah, that's what... Oh, 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 okay, okay, good, good, good. What do you want to say? That's true, but why is that fair to part all? Meaning, if every human has free choice... Why is that taken away from Paro? Well, Paro thought that he was the most powerful, right? Okay, so he almost put himself above True. our God. So by taking away uh, free choice, it diminishes. Him. Okay, I hear that. It diminishes Paro and what he thought he was. That's interesting. So listen to what the Rambam says. He says basically what Yosef just said. Basically. Rambam, Rambam, Rambam. Yosef atzadi. <laughs> Yosef Did you say joy? The Rambam says this is scary words I'm about to say listen to the Rambam The adam chet gado it's possible that a person can perform a very serious sin or rabim or many sins until kadosh baruch hu decides essentially that the punishment for this type of severe sins, or continued sins, ongoing sins, that he did willingly, if somebody does the constant sins or serious sins, that he'll be prevented from doing teshuva. And he will not be granted permission to return from his bad ways. Unbelievable. In order that he should die in the negative path that he chose. This is an unbelievable Rambam. The Rambam says it's possible that a person goes so far they do such severe sins or so many ongoing sins. The same thing. Repetitive negative behaviors that it can cause him that Akadosh Baruch Hu will say this guy is not going to be allowed to do Teshuvah. And the Rambam finishes off it's Halacha Gimel. Perik Vav Halacha Gimel. He finishes off, he says these people he listed, one of them was Paros, sinned. Because of their terrible sins, either the severity of them or the ongoing nature of them, Hakadosh Bauchu then will say, This guy, he does not have the normal capacity to do teshuvah. I just want to illustrate that idea again. That's an unbelievable thing the Rambam is saying. Usually we have Bechira. We could do Teshuvah. We could return. However, says the Rambam, if somebody does such, hold on, hold on, we're going to get there. If somebody does such severe sins or repetition of ongoing sins to such a serious degree, there is a point, like Yosef said, almost of no return. A point of almost... And there he loses Bechira. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, Ba'yechazek Hashem et lev par Unbelievable. This is a chidush. Big chidush.
1: went that because Okay, fair enough. He said, I make this part...
0: Very, his no, but before that, the point is, no, before no, Hashem no, strengthened his heart, yeah. he chose to act so corruptly. Yeah,
1: could, Hashem could to, you know, well, Hashem doesn't
0: thought. stop anybody. That, until then, he had Bechira. You
1: know, he says that I, I, No, I, until I, then... No, no, no. I make him to do that to you.
0: That's after. Until a certain yeah. point, he had Bechira to choose. And he chose to do the wrong thing in such a serious way or enough times that at that point Hashem says, you, you lost the ability to choose. As he seems to be saying, which is an unbelievable thing. What comes out of this is, is that yeah, there seems to be, according to the Rambam, a point where a person can sin so severely or so many times ongoing that a Hu will actually remove the capacity of him to do teshuva. And that's a
1: pellet. It's unbelievable. Exactly. That's what would emerge. Right. Now I want to illustrate I want to illustrate this
0: for a second.
1: Keep doing faster so not get to
0: That's not a joke, it's serious, yeah.
1: I want to illustrate this idea.
0: There's a scientific term called neuroplasticity. You know about that? Neuroplasticity. I found this fascinating. Teshuvah, how do we understand teshuvah? Listen to this. I was just reading up Wikipedia, so you could challenge me on this. I'm not an expert in this at all, but I just found the principle so fascinating. There's a scientific term called neuroplasticity. Neuro is relating to the brain, right? Plasticity is the capacity to change, essentially. Neuroplasticity what's that?
1: Huh?
0: No worries, no
1: worries,
0: No no no, okay, so we'll get there. Not so simple. So I'm going to get there. The Mishnah Yoma tells us, Haomer, ve'ashuv. If somebody says, I will sin and I will do teshuvah, ma ma'spikin teshuvah." He does not have the ability to do teshuvah. It doesn't work that way. Now I want to illustrate this principle with a concept in science called neuroplasticity. Alo, you're missing out of good stuff neuroplasticity, it's an unbelievable thing, is the idea that our brains are malleable. They can change. Our brains, everything I'm doing, I'm thinking, I'm talking, everything I'm doing, there's electric, electrical, what's it called? Electrical impulses firing in my brain, okay? Electricity is going on in my brain right now. It's telling my brain to tell my mouth to speak. Everything, everything that's happening is... Uh, um, neuroplasticity states as follows. if I do the same thing enough times so I can change the makeup of my brain from what it was literally it's malleable it can change and change into something else that the physicality of it changes and then the way I behave will also change based on the physicality of my brain changing. Now, to you say that's of course, but this is not a simple principle at all. And until, I I was reading Wikipedia, until I think it was 100 years ago, scientists thought neuroplasticity is only applicable in children. But adults don't have the capacity to change the makeup of their brain anymore. And it's only in recent times that scientists decided, I guess based on study, that they said, you know, you can actually change the makeup of your brain the way neurons fire, the path of the neurons in your brain, even into adulthood. I understand. What does that mean? That's Teshuvah. Yeah, exactly. That is Teshuvah. What does it mean? You do something enough times, like the Gemara tells us. This is the Gemara in Mesechet Yoma that uh, Shalomo mentioned without realizing it. Gemara says, it's a in Mesechet, uh, Yoma. I believe it's Peheya Mubet. It says, ve-ashuv. If somebody says, I will sin and I'll do Teshuvah, Ein mas-pikin TESHUVAH. He will not be gifted. Literally it means, He will not be given the ability to do Teshuvah. And the Gemara says why. Because the Gemara understands, the reason it says it twice, the Gemara teaches in Masechet Yoma, it actually is in tomorrow's Daf, in Daf Hayomi, and Chafbet in Masechet uh, Sotah, is that when somebody does a sin and repeats it, nase Lo It becomes to him like a Heter. As if it's permitted to him. Another way of saying that is, Hergel nase that when you're accustomed to doing some things, it becomes second nature. That's neuroplasticity. What does it mean? You do something enough times, that becomes your second nature. So therefore, if somebody says, I'm going to sin, I'm going to sin, I'm going to sin, and then I'm going to turn around one day and do Teshuvah, it's very difficult to do Teshuvah at that point. Let's bring it back now. So, A to be accepted The Rambam seems to say is At a certain point It's a point of no return But I'm saying in a lighter way even It's just very difficult for him Even to do Teshuvah Let's bring it back now Says Rav Hirsch What's the purpose of Tzarat? What is the whole concept of Tzarat? The concept of Tzarat is Somebody did certain navirot. Hashem sends in a shock It's like shock therapy Hashem sends him a reminder, Habibi, return before it's too late. Don't go so far to the point of no return, says Rav Hirsch. So he gets a little spot in his body. Oh, I was doing the wrong thing. He realizes, I've been doing the wrong thing. Goes to the Kohen, he goes through the entire Kapara process of being sent out of the camp, all of the shame that's associated with that, all of the Teshuvah, and he repairs his negative ways, and he becomes Tahor. That's what's supposed to happen. If somebody comes to the Kohen and says Rev. Hirsch, and he's entirely covered in white, what does that mean about that guy? He's so far gone in his ways. He's so convinced that what he's doing is the right thing. For this guy, no amount of shock therapy is going to repair him unbeliever. If Hirsch says, this guy, that white spot in his body, that's not going to do anything for him. And it's, the symptoms imply that because he's entirely covered from head to foot in white. This guy's so gone in his ways, he doesn't even have the zechut, the chesed of Hashem to give him a reminder to do teshuvah. He lost that. This guy does not become tame, he's tahor. It's not going to help him. That's what hers says. Now I want to finish off with one positive note for a second. Sorry, one negative, one positive. The negative here is that we're supposed to take away from this is we should never get there. Meaning, if we do something wrong, be very careful, if we see we're doing the same Avera over and over and over again, we don't want to get to that point where it becomes so much second nature to us that it's out impossible for us to do Teshuvah. So it's very difficult to do Teshuvah when you've accustomed yourself to doing something negative, especially for many years. But the, the longer we push that off, the harder it is to retrain ourselves in doing the proper thing. That's one. But the second point is, and this is the Rishonim explain that Mishnah I just said, when it says, Omer maspikin teshuvah, the Rishonim say, it doesn't mean he cannot do teshuvah. And not like the Rambam is implying over here. The Rishonim say like this. They say, in general, if it's a regular sin, HaKadosh Baruch encourages the process of teshuvah. But if you've done a sin that's either extremely severe or so many times repetition, at that point, it's very difficult. Hashem doesn't assist you in the teshuvah process, but there still is the yecholet there still is the ability for you to do teshuvah. So there is a light at the end of the tunnel. It's difficult because you've trained yourself, you've accustomed yourself to something so many times over and over or the severity of the sin that you did causes it very difficult for you to do teshuva however there is such a capacity you could turn your life around it might not be very easy but we have to catch ourselves So, if we see chas v'chalila we're all tzaddikim here, so this isn't so applicable but if we see chas v'chalila we're doing something wrong and it's the same thing over and over or something severe we have to catch ourselves stop that behavior and begin to retrain ourselves which is not easy at all not easy at all, but we have to work on that so we don't chas v'shalom, let ourselves get to that place, chas v'shalom of no return, like the Raman talks about. Mm. What I want to
1: say is this, is that up here nobody going to go and look at the old, no, none of us. But some of us, what well, we do is, if you eat pizza, instead of uh, go to like, a dine, a would say and then a and then they forget about a lot. For example, this is an mm-hmm. example. Then you get used to it. Right. So you're doing it over and over again, just because you did it a thousand times, now you think that that's the right way. But that's why we have to put attention. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. At Khan uh, what Yeah Turn this